here we go. Hey, everybody. Yeah. I'm not wearing a hat. Oh, God. I forgot to put a hat on. <laughs> and now everyone gets to see my baldness and the and the shining light for all that it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's on and off the field with Durf and Dylan. Heading into a non-week of football. Yeah. This is really kind of like a depressing time of year. I I, I kind of understand why you have two weeks. Mm-hmm. I get it. You get some extra prep for the teams, make sure everyone's rested up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. But then you just, all this does is it creates this environment of the media just pandering to Tom Brady for, for two weeks. <sighs> uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun just to kind of sit around and turn on your TVs and your radios and you get to hear people go, hey, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but Tom Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl. Oh, geez. Haven't heard that one in about the past five minutes. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Guess what? Patrick um, Mahomes is going there, too. I guess they kind of they talk about both. It's fair. I'm just salty. Yeah. Another, another, another Tom Brady Super Bowl, and we're here to discuss it with you, Durf and Dylan. Uh, oh yeah, that phone number up there in the top right hand corner. You can use that to call into the show. I will answer my phone, and it'll play. It's not my phone number, but you know it'll play, and you can talk to us. It'll be great. It'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, special guest tonight. Let me see if I can say his name. Because this is going to be really embarrassing. Our special guest tonight is going to be Peter Montemurno. Montemurno? Montemurno. Montemurno. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I tried to figure it out. I couldn't find like anything where it said his name. So I'm going to take my best crack at it, and he'll probably correct me, and I'll sound like an ass. But it's because it's going to get. No, welcome to on off the field, everybody. We're gonna get this show started with our usual banter and usual garbage talk. But first and foremost, as recommended by Stefan Diggs and recommended by ten out of ten podcasters everywhere, flossing. Oh yeah, gotta make sure you floss. Make sure you floss. Follow, like, observe, subscribe, and share everything on and off the field related. That means, you know, share anything Notoriety Sports Network related, our great network that we're a part of. Mm -hmm. Anything with either logo, top left-hand corner, bottom right-hand corner, anything that has that logo on it, subscribe to it, share it, observe it, like it, follow it. And Derv can tell you, oh, so much more than me. Oh, yeah, I can. So you can follow, like, observe, and share on instagram facebook and twitter and subscribe to our youtube channel and our twitch channel which we are currently live on all by searching at ootf podcast that's ootf p-o-d-c-a-s-t make sure to click the link in the video description to get all the other links that you need for everything to make sure you're flossing correctly Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so that we know how we're doing and what you like or dislike about this award-winning show. I'm actually really tempted to read this entire thing from Kurt Schilling. 
Yeah. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> Just as a teaser to anyone that's tuned in. Um, yeah, Kurt Schilling. He's upset. He's not a happy camper. But let's uh let's make sure we're in the right segment here. Are we in the right segment? I think we are in the right segment. I mean, that's the flossing, that's everything. Yep. It's out of the way. We're ready to move on. Oh, yeah. We can move on to the LS Sports. <laughs> you hesitated there, and I was like, I'm just going for it. <sighs> I was more focused on my beer. Oh. <laughs> is yours any better than mine? Oh yeah. This is still the this is the prison. Oh, you didn't go with us. No, I was working. There was there's three people with us, and I assume the other one was you, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mass riot uh, from prison city i think this is what i was drinking last week too i think so yeah yeah but i got four of them so this is my third one i got one left very nice very good beer which is the complete opposite of yours yes it is because this orange everyman from stoneyard brewing company is very meh yeah i've said i've said it many times don't put fruit in my ipa yeah i was like oh i like orange i like cream soda i or orange soda i like ipas hmm let's give it a shot uh nope it's i'm gonna drink it but it's not like it's i'm not savoring every sip it's more of like (laughs) just get it down my gullet how can i not waste this beer (laughs) yeah can you not talk about football yeah, let's just move past football and go straight to talking about the Packers. Because that's Josh's team. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit, shall we? Oh, we definitely will. I'll let you know when we're about to talk about the Packers so I can warn you and you can tune out. We got beer, football, fire, eggplants, and more beer in the chat coming in from Dylan. But he spells his Dylan differently. Mm-hmm. Who's the weird one? Is he the weird one or am I the weird one? I don't see a lot of D-Y-L-A-Ns. Those, I've seen a lot more of the other ones. I'm trying to think of a Dylan I knew from college, how he spelled it. I think it was D-Y-L. and that. But I've seen Dylan spelling before, too. So, I don't know. I had five Dylans in my third grade class. And two of us were D-Y and the others were D-I. So we were outnumbered three to two. Oh, so Other, maybe yeah. D-I-L-L-O-N is the more popular naming. I think it is. Oh, my God. That is offensive. <laughs> that is offensive on many levels. <laughs> That's actually not even fair because Nick Foles is actually, when he comes alive, is in the playoffs. Yeah. Aaron Rod, they're they're at, these are actually complete opposites because Nick Foles sucks in the regular season. Aaron Rodgers just cruises through the regular mm-hmm. season. You get to the playoffs, and Nick Foles is like, "All right, I'm gonna go win my team a Super Bowl," and then Aaron Rodgers is like, "Oh, we're just gonna lose in the NFC Championship game and we'll be good to go." Mm-hmm. That's that seems to be the quota for him. I I saw I I posted it on Instagram. I kind of want I kind of want to read it for everybody real quick just because it was so funny. I posted this at like midnight. Uh, It's from Wikipedia. The NFC Championship game per Wikipedia is 
The NFC Championship game is the annual championship game of the National Football Conference, which is the NFC, where a team gets to gets to win against the Green Bay Packers. The game is played on a Sunday in January, but <laughs> good old good old Wikipedia uh, never lets you down, eh? Never. That was very disrespectful. Yeah, I don't I don't know why he had to go to that level. I don't understand where the hate's coming from from Dylan. Someone, someone, you know, got a little upset with him today, or he got up. He's in a bad mood. I don't know why he had to go on the attack there, but it happened. It happened. As I quickly check, um, where did the? Oh, I had the letter up. I just, I got this. I want to make sure I have this Kurt Schilling thing ready to go, because <laughs> we are into the other sports. Yes, we are. The other sports. The 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame class was announced tonight. Or the lack thereof. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, like next year when you go to Cooperstown, <clears throat> like, is, that, is there just like no event? Like, what do you? What is? What happens here? Has this happened? Oh, I'm, like I'm, the one in July, like for twenty twenty one. Did they just but, not do anything? Well, they wouldn't do anything for twenty twenty one, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you know, our buddy Matt would know for sure, or anyone in the, well, who's watching, Matt would that, know. The 2020 class is being presented in 2021. Right. So they do get a class this year, you know, to be presented just a year behind. But right. then again, next year we're back on track because there's no 2021 class. So let's say every let's say COVID didn't happen. 2020 right. was inducted on time. Yep. To like 2021, if no one's inducted, do they just not have a ceremony? They're just like, ah, let's get just, just nothing happens. I'm I'm really, I, I kind of care. Yeah. And maybe they do like a I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little... <laughs> maybe they still hold an event but they just talk about like other, other people. Hall of Famers. They're just like, "All yeah. right, there's no one doing duck, so we're just going to be like, "Hey, yeah, here's the You remember Derek Jeter got in last year? That was watch this cool. video. Yeah, watch this video. They they cram everybody into that little theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the closest person was Kurt Schilling. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's deserving or something i'm not sure who kurt schilling is but he was the closest at 71.5 percent to get he needs 75 percent mm-hmm. of the votes to get in uh, he was at 71.5 and then the two popular people you know barry bonds and roger clemens they dipped to like 60 percent, which is lower than last year so they're probably not going to get in because mm-hmm. i mean maybe kurt gets in in the 11th hour because this was all three of their ninth try getting in, ninth year on the ballot. Okay. You only get 10 years. I just read this. Mm, that's right. So next year is these guys' last year of trying to get in. And unless there's like some miracle turnaround where they're like, that's ah, the last year, I guess we should let Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in. I, they're probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame because those are just popular steroid era people. Mm-hmm. Which in that case, if they don't even make the Hall of Fame, that means they're acknowledging the use of steroids, which they should acknowledge that Barry Bonds should be stripped of the home run title and should go back to Hank Aaron officially, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah. yeah, Kurt Schilling was not happy about not getting in. Let me just <laughs> let me just read a little bit of this because he, this dude put out a Facebook post like 10 miles long, and he is not happy. Kind of the beginning portion of this. Um, 
He says, says, hey, guys, a couple things first off. He expresses his gratitude and something about not getting in. I don't know why he's gratitude about not getting in. Um, but he stated in the past years that to be spoken within my heart, I'm at peace. Nothing zero and none of the claims being made by any of the writers hold merit. In my 22 years of playing professional baseball in the most culturally diverse locker rooms and sports, I've never said or acted in any capacity other than being a good teammate. Here we go. I've certainly been exposed to racism, sexism, and homophobia as it's part of who human beings are. I've played with and talked with gay teammates. I've played with wife beaters, adulterators, adulterers, assaulted drug addicts, and alcoholics. I've never hit a woman, driven drunk, done drugs, PEDs, or otherwise assaulted anyone or committed any sort of crime. But I'm now somehow in a conversation with two men who cheated, and instead of being accountable, they chose to destroy others' lives to protect their lie. And there's a lot more after that, but that's the part that I read. I was like, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a little upset there. He's not happy. No. He's not happy. Uh, can y'all talk about rugby and cricket? I didn't do my research. I'm sorry. Maybe we should add rugby and cricket to our other sports segment. Or maybe no, I, know, I know there was a highlight of cricket the other day on Sports Center. So there was a highlight of cricket. Yeah, I don't remember what it was about, but they like he hit it to the side, and some guy caught it with bare hands, like they normally do. So I mean, that's that's cricket. That's that's cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy caught a ball in cricket. There's your highlight. We talked about it. Fire and eggplants? Question mark. Oh, fire and eggplants everywhere. Fire and eggplants for days. Mostly eggplants. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing tonight, Dylan? Hey, there's another Dylan. See, there's three Dylans hey, in see? here. Hey, right. He's got my name. So you're outnumbered. You're outnumbered, D-I-L-L-O-N. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we, got the, we got the cricket talk. We got the there. cricket talk. So, I mean, this. if Matt wants to call into the show... If he's even watching, he's probably not. I don't think Matt usually watches. No. Feel free to tune in, and uh, we can have our classic Hall of Fame debate. <laughs> I'll finish the show right there. Yeah, that'll. I mean, I'll have to tell Peter he can't come on because that'll take up the full oh. two hours. We could do that next week. We could do that next week. <laughs> we got we got plenty of time next week. Oh. Uh, the classic Hall of Fame debate, where basically. His his argument, what he always says is, maybe you can do it. Maybe you can tell him tell us better what his point of view is. Basically, it's stupid. Like if you don't get in, like the mm-hmm. first year, like you're done. Like you shouldn't be able to get in. Like you're not good enough. Or what's his argument? It's his argument makes sense, but it's also confusing at the same time. Yes, I, I, I do agree there. I don't remember exactly what it is. I remember the biggest argument, the biggest topic we had about the Hall of Fame debate was the way the NFL does it with senior, uh, like Hall of Fame electees, like from the senior class. So like, right. it's you have your regular Hall of Fame, but then you have like a senior, like you have you have an extra group because they couldn't get in the first time. Give them and the then, second chance. Right, and then these players, are they really much better than you know, what, who is eligible now? Plus, you know, how much did they really change the game then versus how who's changing it now? I believe, I mean, I think that's where 
where we really talked about it. And then, you know, MLB is just like 10 years and eh, if not, okay, bye. Yeah. I, it's just, his argument is just so weird. It kind of mm. makes, like, I see what he's saying. Mm. I do. But like he says, you know, with, with at least football, he's like, if you're not good enough to get like, you, cause you can vote for unlimited amount of people. As long as you're on the ballot, right. you can vote for everyone. So, so it's not like it's like, oh, here's 10 people. You have to vote for three. You can vote mm-hmm. for all 10 if you want. It doesn't matter. It's just a matter right. of who you think's good enough to get in that year. So he basically says, if you're on that ballot, for the, really sticking with the NFL, if you're on the right. NFL ballot and you do not get the 75% of whatever it is for the NFL, I don't know if it's 75%, I don't know what the rule is for the NFL, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, if you don't get in that first year, that means you're not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. So you should just be done. You should not be able to go on more ballots. Because his, if if you're allowed to vote for anyone on that right. ballot, then that means, okay, you look at this guy's name. You're not competing yep. against other people on the ballot because it's not like you have to pick between people. You can just pick mm-hmm. them. So, I mean, I see what he's saying. Right. But I, it's hard to come up with an argument against it because I mean, I think he's the, not wrong. Right, because I think, you know, the easiest player I could think of that had that situation happen was Andre Reed. For years, he was on the ballot and couldn't get in, couldn't get in, couldn't get in. And then, you know, finally he did. But it was like... What changed that year that allowed right. him to get in? I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like people felt sorry for him. Or like the class he was in that year wasn't up to as up to par. So he looked better. I don't know. I think that's the thing is like who looks better that year. I have I have to get the rapid Dave because he's getting mad. <laughs> Holy crap, it's a Dylan and a Durf. Hmm. TJ says, Where's the pie? Um Well you, the, you had cherry pie beer the other week, didn't you? No, we talked lot. about that. Oh, we talked about it. I saw it, but I didn't get it. Yeah, Stoneyard has a cherry pie hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. Let me know your thoughts on cherry pie, unicorns, and eggplants. This is my favorite. I love this. I've never seen this combination. We got eggplants, pie, and beer. That is a great combination. I also like the unicorns. Yeah. yeah this is when he started getting upset. He's like, yo, listen to my comments. I'm trying to say something. <laughs> hey, it's Darren, too. Darren's coming up in here. What are you doing? What are you doing tonight here, Darren? Just hanging out. Going to listen to some football banter. Love cherry <laughs> pie. Oh, Darren. Because Darren is a little bit, um, you know, former athletes, you know, like a while mm-hmm. back. Yeah. But I would like to know Darren's thoughts. Maybe even Rapid Dave. He's like almost 40. Maybe he is 40. I'm not sure. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on the Baseball Hall of Fame? No one getting in this year. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens dropping to 60%. Kurt Schilling didn't get in. Let me know your guys' thoughts. You're a little bit older. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday. Yeah. But that's copyrighted by LeBron James, so you can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Tuesday. He is 40. I knew I was right. Somewhere up there. Nice. Yeah, so the hall of that Hall of Fame debate, I, I should ask Matt if he wants to do that argument next week. So everyone can hear him out. There you go. 
Because I don't think he's watching. All he's right got to do is call in too. He doesn't even have to be on video. Yeah, we're gonna convince him to come on the show next week, and we're gonna have that debate. We're gonna do yeah. it. F that guy. Copy. <laughs> copyright this. <laughs> it's like Marshawn Lynch. Copyright these nuts. <laughs> no on those guys. Okay, I, I agree. But Pete Rose, yeah, Pete Rose needs to be put in. Do you agree? That was the gambling scandal. Yeah, when he was a the manager for the Cardinals, I believe. Oh, well, that may be a manager except for them being a player, though, right? Yeah, people like the assumption was he was betting on games, and he was like, you know, if it would the the integrity of the game, if he's betting against his team, he like manages them into the ground to just a win. But there's mm-hmm. there was never any proof of him ever doing that. He always said that he always bet on other games, never bet on his own games. So, I don't know. I I think it's stupid. Just put him in. Yeah. It sounds silly to keep him out, but that's just me. I could see where some people's arguments might come in for that, but mm-hmm. just, there's no proof of him tanking his team into the dirt because he won a bet. Show me some proof of that, and okay, fine, keep him out. But only reason Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame already is because Joe Buck's alive. Okay. <laughs> Pete Rose before Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Go sports. This isn't Fortnite. Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. We've just been having some Hall of Fame talk because we don't have a lot on the docket, docket to talk about. And our guest, we actually do have a guest tonight, Peter Montemerno. I'm I'm terrified to say his name when he comes on here. He's just going to be like, what the hell did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Darren says, I think the Hall of Fame thing is off base. Those athletes had an impact on the game. To say that they weren't is incorrect. Off the field actions or singular mistakes should not define a career. I am glad people don't judge me that way. Well, the problem with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens is it wasn't off the field. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the issue. Or those uh, guys. Oh, uh, who's the other one that was big into that for the oh. Cardinals? Oh, yeah. Um, they just did the documentary on, didn't they? Yeah, Mark something. Mm. Can't remember his last name, but I know. I remember when he was. He had like his own baseball bat, I think, for kids or something. Yeah. When he was like really popular, I remember like seeing the. I can like picture the commercials Mark as Murphy. a kid. That's not it. No, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember his name. I do remember they just did that that documentary. It was yeah, like, another baseball player. Oh, Mark, uh, yes. Mark McGuire. There you go, Mark McGuire. Thank you, TJ. Um, I I think because yeah, I do agree with the off the field actions really shouldn't affect it too much because because mm-hmm. then you got guys like To, where basically he was held out of the Hall of Fame an extra year just because of his personality, just because people didn't like him. The dude mm-hmm. deserved to be a Hall of Fame first ballot guy, but just because people didn't like his personality, they didn't like him as a person, they yeah. snubbed him his first year. So that's obviously wrong. So I would agree with Darren on that. But if you're over here roiding up and hitting home runs, have you seen the new argument? This is going to go all night now. <laughs> Cheating is one thing. Using banned substance is wrong, but to say that there are not any athletes that are worthy this year, that is wrong. 
I mean, I don't know who I I knew who was on the ballot, and none of them really like. Ooh, like Tory Hunter, cool. Like I don't know if he's Hall of Fame worthy. Like, Maybe they're um, getting we're getting to the point with the MLB Hall of Fame options, like for classes that were in the call wall. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you know because I'm glad that they kept people out they did they didn't just like force one or two guys in this year just because they mm-hmm. wanted to induct someone and they didn't deserve to be inducted so i'm glad that right. didn't happen mm-hmm. they just said you know none of these guys are good enough and like tory hunter was good but it's not like you don't look at tory hunter and go oh wow that's a first battle hall of famer like he didn't have a first battle hall of fame career let's be completely honest here mm-hmm. he was good and he deserves deserves to be on the ballot but come on key what's up what's up Welcome to the show, baseball forever. Yeah, baseball's okay. There's a couple Mariners in the Hall of Fame, I think. <laughs> There's like two, I think, maybe two. I didn't realize they didn't start till they weren't a team until the '70s. Yeah, they came on late, most like like most Seattle teams. Right. <laughs> it's like Seattle got discovered later, like mid '70s. Let's put a football team here. Let's put a baseball team here. Everything always, in Seattle. Initially, like before the '70s. They looked at Seattle and they're like, it always rains here. Why would people want to play sports here? Then they're like, ah, you know what? Screw it. Stick them up there. What? And then they took them away. We had the Sonics and they're like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to pan out. Right? <laughs> no, one, no one wants to play sports up where it's raining 24-7. Not a Fiona T.O. Not really sure he belongs in the Hall of Fame. T.O., stop. Just because this is what Darren was saying. Just because you don't like him doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't like Tom Brady, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Terrell Owens was a absolute monster. Like, basically his entire career. Because there was like one year when he was on the Seahawks, he didn't even make the team. So <laughs> something weird happened with that. He was on the Bills for a year. Yeah, he was. He, he, he kind of just journeyed around trying to make a squad, but his career was over yeah. at that point. He was on the Seahawks for one year. Didn't pan out. Just because you don't like him doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He's like he's probably a top five wide receiver all time. The Mariners do in fact suck. The numbers don't lie. Teal deserves to be there. He's there now, thank God. Oh yeah. Why didn't they change who was on the ballot then? If they are all that bad and have bad things on the record, why were they on the ballot in the first place? This was a question we had. Who decides who gets put on the ballot? There's got to be like a pre-screening process. Like, are there people that just sit around and go, all right, these are the people that retired five years ago. Let's go through them and see who gets added this year. Right? Like, yeah. is, that, is that what they do? That's what I imagine they do, because that's what we do for yeah. like the, the football Hall of Fame. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, first bell Hall of Famers, here's your list. And then they add on people that, you know, are still going. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, these guys know. They know. I mean, if you can't make the Seahawks or Bills, then you ain't Hall of Fame material. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> the sports writers decide. Yeah, yeah. I'd like. Oh God, you'd be sick. See, this is this is why this would be next week's topic. Right. <laughs> we actually have stuff to cover this week and talk about this week. Next week, we really don't. We could talk about this for the entire show next week as Hall of Fame stuff. Because it, it is it could be a massive conversation. And I think I think the Hall of Fame process can be amended a little bit. 
All right. Personally, I, 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 th- I think there's some minor changes that can be. I don't think we need to overhaul it like our buddy Matt says, where <laughs> if you don't make it in your first year, well, too bad, bud. You're out. <laughs> That's a little extreme. <laughs> I can I could see his argument, but mm-hmm. it just seems extreme. Pete Rose and not another till. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with with all the sports betting, they said they're going to be putting like in baseball stadiums. They're going to be putting betting stands inside baseball stadiums. He was just ahead of his time. He's just ahead of his time, man. <laughs> like, isn't that a kick in the nuts to Pete Rose? Like, right? like betting is just widespread wildfire everywhere now, and Pete Rose just sitting here like, okay, like, can I? Can I get in now? <laughs> He's just been around waiting like everyone else is doing it. I, I I don't know. How does when does he have to wait till? Like is well he he can't get in. It'll have to be like a special exception, wouldn't it? Because it's not like he's on the ballot anymore. Right. I think yeah, special exception. It'll just be like all right. He's well. I think well because he's banned from the Hall of Fame because he's so because he's never been on the ballot because he was banned. So right. they just unban him and then let him be on the ballot and then see if people vote him in. That's probably what would happen, right? Yeah, he could be like, "All right, give give you one year." Yeah, or they give him know. like they just start his ten year period right there once the ban is lifted. I don't know. Something <laughs> many more people think like they'll be favorites past on kicking Pete Rose in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, you want to talk about the NFL finally? Well, this isn't really NFL stuff. Well, yeah, it's a little bit of other sports, but I don't know much. why I put that under NFL news. All right, we'll we'll hit up one more comment with, oh here, he's better off without. He makes much more money and keeps relevant. That's true. Because as soon as Pete Rose gets into the Hall of Fame, how many people forget that he exists? Because most of the conversation that surrounds Pete Rose is him being banned from the Hall of Fame. Right. That's a good point. Uh, Darren, the Hall of Fame should have a committee that reviews the career, the ethical backgrounds, and what they added to the game, and then let the people vote on it. We all know that the writers are biased and looking for ways to get noticed, and that's what Kurt Schilling was saying. Yeah. Kurt Schilling was talking about how the writers are, like, slandering him, and that's how he was fighting back, telling you know, telling them off, like, what the things they're saying are just aren't true. Mm-hmm. Comparing him to people that cheated their entire careers, as in Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Yeah. It's a good point. No, I mean, I, but what's the fix? Everyone, all right, here's everyone's homework. You have to come up with a solution and then bring it to the show next week. It'll be our, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a, a graphic for this next week. Oh, but next week's supposed to be our Walter Payton Man of the Year award show. Yeah. So maybe. Like a couple weeks week, down the road. The week, yeah. Like not the week after the Super Bowl, but like the week after after the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, like we got we to recap the Super Bowl and then the week after that, once the offseason starts, mm-hmm. we can we can bring up this Hall of Fame thing again. Because even if we did this next week, I'm going to need a break. I can only talk about Hall of Fame stuff for so long. <laughs> so yeah, need a breather. Whew, all right. <laughs> Man, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this in like three or four weeks there you go because it's a lot 
if T.O. makes it to the NFL Hall of Fame, which he already did, uh, before Pete Rose makes it to the NLB Hall of Fame, I give up on pro sports. Well, I guess you're giving up on pro sports because T.O.'s in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> guess you're done. <laughs> Sorry to see you go, TJ. <laughs> Allen is the biggest Pete Rose fan. Did I? Yeah, you heard Pete Rose. Big Hall of Fame debate tonight. We've That's basically what we've talked about for the past half hour. Who should be getting in, the process, all of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a mess. It's an effing travesty. Pete isn't in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what's your opinion on? Like, do you do you have a major opinion on Pete Rose? Not really. I I've always heard of the betting is why he you know gets ban- got banned, but I don't know. It doesn't to me. I don't know if he really did bet on his his own team then. You know, that's that's his that's his guilt there. But I, I feel don't know, like I, he got banned off an assumption though. Right. Like if there's no proof, then like how are you really like if he's going yeah. like, like on his day off of coaching or even on his day of like before the game, if he's going down the road and putting in a ticket for the Brewers to beat the Dodgers, like mm-hmm. God like Godspeed. Like why can't he do that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, can't do you have to like submit your name when you do a ticket? Can't you go to the casino and see what he's bet on in the past? Like, is there like a do they keep track of bets? The, the bookies, I don't know. Maybe that's one of those, you know, disposable books. So yeah, they just kind of toss it in the <laughs> once once they get wind that they're about to be audited. Oh, I don't know where my book went. Oh, yeah, I was pretty I warm know. last night though. Yeah, I kind of burnt up. Uh, oopsie daisies. <laughs> TJ doesn't watch pro sports anyways. <laughs> best best show yet. All right. We're we're rolling right here. Four weeks into 2021. Best show ever. You guys are always too heavy on NFL and don't like facts or stats. I hate facts and stats. I, I do everything off of emotion. <laughs> Everything's emotionally based. Everyone should have an opinion on Pete. I feel like everyone does. It's just a matter of if you like care a lot or not. Like Fred has an opinion, but I don't think he cares. No. I'm still new to baseball, so I don't know a a ton, but I mean, I just follow the Mariners and hey, Jerry, Jerry said 2021 is the Mariners year. He said that like three years ago. So look out Major League Baseball. Pay up there, Mariners. Yeah, he was betting on his team to win games. So he was betting on his team, though. But if he's betting to win, I mean, then you're not going to tank your team. Because I think the issue is when you're right. betting on your team to lose, then the in, there's an integrity issue. Then there's a, Yeah, there's a management issue there because you can manage your team to lose. If you're betting on your team to win, you really have to make sure you're getting the best out of your guys in the field to give right. you the best chance. Like, you could have, you're, you have, you could have a pitcher have a bad game. Then you're like, oh, dang, I need to get the bullpen out there and, you know, hopefully they can pull this off. Like, that's ballsy. Like, so it doesn't like betting on your team to win doesn't give you a competitive advantage. It might right. make you like try harder to coach better. Like, right? Does that make it a competitive advantage? I I don't think so. It just makes you not be an, an idiot. You know, like go mm-hmm. out there and try your best. I don't know. What defines a great athlete? Says Darren. It is only the talent. Or is it more about their conduct or both? Which is more important, on or off the field? Hey, 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 h
you know, I gave up on I gave up on people taking actions on and off the field seriously when they give out awards and accolades to people after Jameis Winston won the Heisman. Yeah. And that's when I kind of, and Johnny Manziel, that's mm-hmm. kind of when I sat down and I was like, they just don't care. They don't, because I read up the requirements for the Heisman and it, it says specifically on and off the field character. It talks about having good character off the field. And James Winston's really literally stealing crab legs and doing all this other stuff. Johnny Manziel doing all kinds of crazy stuff, signing footballs and just being a crazy person. And they win the Heisman because all they care about is what they do on the field. Yep. And that's when I started realizing, you know, that people really don't care about what happens off the really field. Don't. They can say they do, but they don't. We do. We because do, that's yeah. half of our show, or well, that's half of our title. Yeah. <laughs> Next week's show will be a lot of off the field. That'll be fun. That will be fun. I think that'll be fun. Um, the coaching and the betting has nothing to do with the playing career. That yeah, that's true. Because you know, Pete Rose is what the all-time hit leader. That's the reason he should be in the Hall of Fame, isn't it? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't know. Get an opinion, Dan. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, what's your feelings on the bills and why does josh allen like taking 20 yard sacks don't know we can ask, hey, keep those questions in your back pocket we'll ask peter that when he gets here because peter um peter is a former espn rochester uh nfl and buffalo bills film analyst nice. so we'll be sure to ask him Plenty of Bills questions. Callous athletes should be able to monetize your likeness, which they're getting there. They're getting yep. there. Uh, da, da, da. So here we go. This is a little, we'll, we'll get in the heavy, the heavy hearted stuff here. Today, one year ago, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, uh, Gigi, and seven others died in that helicopter crash. And I just, I, I knew this day was coming. Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot this day was coming until about a week ago and then i was kind of thinking it was about this time last year like when's it gonna happen and then it was fine it finally came and this morning was like i'm watching dan patrick show he's bringing back all of his interviews he did a couple he just showed a couple interviews he did with kobe and then all the (laughs) interviews um he had of other athletes and sports personalities telling their stories about them hanging out with kobe talking to WNBA players about Gigi and how she used to, you know, they used to just, Gigi was going to be like the next WNBA all-star the way she mm-hmm. was going. She was amazing. And it just hit, you know, it just hits hard. And it, and usually I don't get too emotional about celebrity deaths. I mean, cause like Hank Aaron and Larry King passed away also. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, Hank Aaron, that's a big hit because he was amazing. He was the real home run leader, you know, played in an era where they had snipers on the roofs when he was about to break the home run record because they thought people were going to try and kill him to to make sure he didn't break the record because he was a black guy. Craziness. Mm -hmm. Larry King, I never watched like in his prime. I never knew Larry King was, but I knew he was a big deal. I don't Mm -hmm. get emotional over these things, but Kobe Bryant, (sighs) 
Yeah. And it was a worldwide thing. The man yeah. transcended basketball like to a new level. Even more than LeBron. I don't I, LeBron's not even on the level that Kobe is worldwide, I think, just like on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one one year ago. Crazy. It's crazy. I remembered like I think it was Matt texted us. Or he was messaging us in our yeah. group chat. And he's just like Kobe just died in a helicopter crash. I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> like, it was like, who, who's reporting that? And he said, TMZ. I was like, TMZ? You're going to trust somebody that TMZ said? Mm-hmm. And then everything just started leaking out little yep. by little, you know, like CBS, you know, like these news stations are starting to confirm this. Like, oh my God. Yeah. They, 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 uh, it affected the Pro Bowl too. Yeah. Because it was like going on during the Pro Bowl, all the yeah. news breaking, and I remember like, well, we had Joe Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane doing the commenting for the Pro Bowl, so that you know, besides the lack of emotion there, but it was you know definitely, definitely something that you know stopped the sporting event because of someone who was so impactful in not just basketball, but you know, the entire world, every other sport too. Because everyone in other sports took on the same Mamba mentality, mm-hmm. like the trademarked Mamba m- yeah. mentality. And that's more than just, you can have that mentality in more sports than just basketball. Mm-hmm. And people lauded over him and just, they, they tried to emulate that in other sports. It's crazy. One year ago. Yeah, it was a long morning listening to all those stories on like Dan Patrick show, just all coming back one year later. It's like yeah. how, many, how many comments did I miss here? A lot. <laughs> Darren says his point is that athletes that you hold in high regard don't change based on whether they are in a Hall of Fame or not. The people that inspire me don't change on the awards they win or lose. I think if you get into the Hall of Fame, you know, I don't think your you, your personality is probably going to stay the same. I, I don't think I've ever really known an athlete where they get into the Hall of Fame and it's like they become this new person. Because obviously if they were popular enough to get into the Hall of Fame, they're probably just going to keep being who they are. Right. I see, who, I see what Darren's saying, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just picking it apart for some stupid reason. But I see what he's saying. Some people get awards. Some people get hotheads. Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson. And, <laughs> and, and they start doing things that are kind of out of character. Mm-hmm. Like make cookbooks. Boston cream pies, I think, are probably like a top three pie for me. Yeah. My thoughts on the new CBS show Equalizer. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to. Terrible commercials. I would like that. I don't know what that is. Rest in peace to Hank, Hammer and Hank. Hammer and Hank Aaron. Better question is why is that old people decide, hey, it's time to start doing action movies and shows. I've never done it before, but hey, I'm 50 now. It's believable. <laughs> is that is that, is that in, in response to Equalizer? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you trust TMZ. TMZ's always just seemed like that new those news people that just try to do like gossip stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why when I heard TMZ, I was like, "We're just trying to make some stupid stuff up." That's 
<laughs> Ray Lewis stopped killing people when he got in the Hall of Fame. Oh my oh. God. We can't say things like that. Don't skim over your question. What question? I didn't skim over a question. Which ones are you talking about? Was it the equalizer question? Oh, probably. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Queen Latifah? I don't know what. 50 and beating people up? I don't I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. It's quite it insane. Seems like a stretch of a show. Yeah, that's a feel like that's an understatement. I, I don't yeah, I didn't skip over it. I was I saw equalizer. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> I don't have cable, so I don't have CBS. Oh. This is gonna be fun because we're gonna go to NFL news. Oh yeah. And it's time to this is gonna be fun. Oh my god! Stop the show and we'll go watch a trailer. I would play the trailer, but my show would probably get muted by Facebook, so I don't want to do that. I'll, or, I'll watch it YouTube, after yeah. the show. Yeah, because that happened one time. We played that the song from the weekend because I didn't know who the weekend were, mm, and yep. it actually muted that show on Facebook because we played it for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> an antenna channel? Oh god! No, I don't have an antenna either. I have nothing. Oh. I have Netflix. So I'm going to play. People have probably heard this by now because it was like last week. This is what mm-hmm. happens when you only have a show once a week. When things happen on Wednesday, you have to wait till Tuesday to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> but this is Dan Campbell, the new wonderful, huge question mark head coaching hire for the Lions. This man, oh, let me just play this first. I'm going to everyone just sit back and enjoy. This will be great. Place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. That uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit. So excuse my language. All right. Here's what I do know: is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city. All right. And the city's been been down, and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to. Uh, overcome adversity all right and so this team's going to be built on uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth all right and, and when you punch us back we're going to smile at you and when you knock us down we're going to get up and on the way up we're going to bite a kneecap off all right and we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down all right and on the way up we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down and when we do we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long we're going to be the last one standing all right, that's going to be the mentality. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a short-lived coaching career. This man signed a six-year contract with the Lions. This dude just smells of a record of like eight and twenty-four. And being fired, heading in, or no, being relieved of his duties, uh, entering his <laughs> third season. Oh wow! I I get the big tough guy, you know, act, but come on. And then the guy has the picture out. Like it, apparently, it's a big the big Lebowski reference because he kind of yeah. does look like the guy from Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. But on his nameplate outside of his office, as Detroit Lions head coach slash the dude. <laughs> this 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 I don't this guy could have been handed the Dolphins from like the 70s that went undefeated and he probably would have taken them like 
that that team that had undefeated year, if he was the head coach, they probably would have gone like six and seven because they only played like thirteen games back then. Mm-hmm. This man will not be successful. And I know Allen. Allen is a Lions fan. He says Dan Campbell is the man. He says, dude, I was jacked up after listening to that press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it. I said, did you watch the highlights of the whole thing? I a majority of it. I couldn't get through all of it. <laughs> this man smells of failure. How far you're in the NFL. If you mm-hmm. gave this speech in high school and maybe even like a like a D three college, yep. you might be able to pump up your kids and mm-hmm. like be success. This is the NFL with grown men. Yeah. They they watch that and they're like, they do what we just did. Bite a kneecap off. What the did he just say bite it? I'm not biting a kneecap. You're not taking you seriously. Right. You're a joke. Also, he wasn't like a coordinator. He was a tight ends coach and assistant head coach. Like I know like head coaches come from everywhere and anywhere in the NFL. It just seems like a jump. Like was well, he I that mean, much of a like a persuader in his interviews? This is what this is what I was gonna say. The reason I can almost guarantee he will fail is because of the exact reason you just brought up he was a tight end coach slash assistant head coach, which mm-hmm. God only knows what that role actually entitles. But he was a tight ends coach. Let us review the most recent position coach that was promoted to a head coach role and see how that went. Um, knock, knock. His name was Freddie Kitchens, I believe. <laughs> With the Cleveland Browns? Yeah. And he was even inside that organization. He was the running back coach for the Browns and was promoted to head coach for the Browns. And he failed. Yeah. Miserably. Who there's another person it was in the NFL still, right? I think it's Zach Taylor, wasn't he the quarterback's coach? Was he? For the Rams? Well, he's not no. doing that hot either. Well, I, that exactly. It just proves yeah. our point. So there you go. There's two examples. I thought Freddie Kitchens was the funnier example, but and that is the funnier example because the Browns <laughs> were just awful, and he was yeah, out. Because Freddie Kitchens isn't the head coach there anymore. He didn't even last a full year. What well, is he, he now? Last a full year. He's like the running game coach now for the Giants. So yeah, are you really getting anywhere there, Freddie? Not really. No, this is this this just breeds of bridge head coach who will be fired, relieved of his duties after three years, if that. And then they'll bring in an actual head coach once they actually, you know, build up a team. Dan yep. Campbell is here so he can take the blame after two seasons. And then once they have some draft picks, this team is starting to rebuild. They'll bring in a real head coach. Yep. This guy, this is the joke. So if we go back to when we graded the head coaching hires last week, this is an F. Because last last week I said it was like, I was like an incomplete grade. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an F now. Because I now I can see what they're doing. They just brought this guy in. They handed him a six-year contract because no one wanted to be the head coach of the Lions unless you said, hey, here's a lot of money in a six-year contract. Come coach for us, please. The same thing's happening over in Houston. No one wants to be the head coach of that garbage franchise. Yeah. Especially with Deshaun Watson out the door, going out the door here soon. No one wants to be a coach of that. Yeah. And they're the only team left. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, everybody. 
gonna bite it. I'm gonna add that audio. We're gonna bite a kneecap off. I'm gonna add that audio to my soundboard so I can play it every week. There you go. Uh, let's see here. The dude. He's going to change the culture there. Like to what? To a tough guy personality? Like that's not gonna get you anywhere in the NFL. Look at all the tough guys across the league. Look None of these head the coaches time, are tough guys. Well, yeah, look at the last time Rob Ryan and Rex Ryan were out relevant in the NFL. The big tough guys. That, yeah, those that's the last what, two I remember. That's what they survived off of. They went in there and they acted like tough guys in their press conferences. Like, if you want to consider Bill Belichick a tough guy, like I don't think he's a tough guy. He's just kind of an asshole. <laughs> I, I pretty much. <laughs> so, I you never these head coaches just don't go up there. Like it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Like the mm-hmm. fan, like fans, like you know, Allen will watch that interview, that press conference, and be like, "Yes, that's what we need." He's gonna whip these guys in the shape. It's just not. It's not gonna translate to on the field. It's just not. Yeah. It's fun. It's just not gonna work. No. Deuce Staley is gonna be taking his place after next season. <laughs> yeah, Deuce Staley went over from the Eagles to the Lions to be the defensive coordinator. I find that funny because the Eagles were looking to do Staley to be their next head coach. Yeah. And then once he didn't get the position, he's like, all right, bye. Peace. I'm going to go to the Lions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See ya. I thought that was pretty funny. Sean Payton called him after his interim coaching at Miami and said, come here. I'll reach. I'll teach you everything I know. He was Payton's shadow. Oh, God. Hold on, let me let me get to Eric here. Eric, what's good, fellas? Shout out from LA. Nice. Really great questions for us. We got 35 minutes until our guest comes on. So just just put the Send questions in the comments. Or we got a phone number. You can do whatever you want. Like we haven't had anyone call, so I don't know if it's gonna work or not, but we can try. <laughs> Peyton's shadow. I have questions. Yeah. If he if this is supposed, to, when's the last time you've seen Sean Payton go behind a podium and say he's going to bite someone's kneecap off? <laughs> so how much did he really uh, soak in of like the coaching <laughs> style and abilities of Sean Payton? Yeah, like okay, I, and I guess Allen's argument would be like, well, he's not going to be exactly like Sean Payton. He's going to have his own personality, like. I mean, what you do in the podium in the spotlight is translated onto your team. Mm-hmm. Like you're not two different people, usually. So if you're that tough guy right. in front of the podium, that's probably what you're going to be in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, I I I pray he's good for for Allen's sake. I pray that he's a good coach. Uh, what else is in here? Jennifer King. Yeah. She became the first female African-American full-time assistant coach in NFL history. She will be the assistant running back coach for the Washington football team. They're going to get a new name this offseason, right? We can hope. Like, that's got to be a top priority. I would think so. Like, I haven't heard anything about it. Like, no one's been like, what's it going to be? Yeah, it kind of sells it out there after they got rid of their last name. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, they're not looking at this like, you know what? It worked out. We made the playoffs as the Washington football team. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Don't do that. 
<laughs> no. Um, but yeah, Jennifer King, she was an, a coaching intern last year for Washington mm-hmm. and she got promoted. So that's great. Barriers being shattered. Absolutely. Yeah, Sarah Fuller kicking balls in college. You have uh-huh. Sarah. The referee? Yeah. Um, I want to say Sarah Thomas, but I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. Maybe it is. I don't know. But she'll be the first female to ever coach a uh, referee in a Super Bowl. She was already the first referee in professional sports. Now she's going to be the first one ever doing a Super Bowl. Very good. Um, I also saw one. It was going to be an NBA game. The two refs for an NBA game were both female. Oh, nice. So I saw that. Like that was that was like last week, though. I forgot to write that down. Mm -hmm. That's the first time that's ever happened. I mean, people that say this isn't a big deal. And Eric, I will read your comment in a second. I just wanted to get through this next part. (laughs) Um, Like people that say that women becoming refs and getting like being recognized. This is history folks. Mm-hmm. This isn't like, you know, Oh God, like this conversation usually gets me pretty jacked up <laughs> because I always go into social media and it's like these people saying, why is this historical information? This doesn't matter if they're qualified for the job, they should just have it. Well, guess what? People have been qualified. Women have been qualified for this job in the past, but guess what? They don't, they haven't gotten it before. That's the that's the problem. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Women's rights, blacks' rights. Yep. These were things that were not not that were non-existent not too long ago. Yeah. Like <laughs> very like, not too not long ago. Like 60 years ago. Not, that, even, yeah. not even these people <laughs> women stayed at home and cooked. Black people didn't get anything. They were they 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 were nothing. And now they're everything. They can have whatever they yeah. want. They can be whatever they want. That's the big deal. And now it's showing because women are entering professional sports. Yeah. That's a big deal. I hate people that think it's not a big deal. It's not like people are out here shoving it in your face. Right. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not walking around going, look, look, look at this. Female kicker. Like mm-hmm. they're posting it once on social media and they're making sure you're aware that's a thing because it is a big deal. If you choose to be bothered by it, that says more about you than it does about the event. So, or then people posting right. about it, I should say. Yeah. Let me get to Eric's comment because he's been okay. waiting. If he's even still here, he's like, why are these guys ignoring me? <laughs> Do you believe Buffalo lost because they tried to play point for point with Kansas City? No, because they did the complete opposite of playing point for point because they kicked field goals or because they couldn't stop their offense or because Josh Allen has never played in the AFC Championship and experience and experience played a factor. You're the Bills fan. Let's hear your opinion. Which one of those is it? uh, Definitely. I would say they wanted to go point for four point for point, but it wasn't working. Um, the defense obviously could not stop that offense. One well, how were they, they playing point for point if Kansas City scoring touchdowns and you're kicking field goals? That was their concept in the coming into the game. That was their, their theory, their plan. 
their 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 vision and that they had for the game, you know, because two explosive offenses. The problem was the defense couldn't help the offense get any kind of you know rhythm going. You know, if the defense the defense can't keep the Chiefs off the field, then you can't score points. You get you 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 run out of opportunities when the Chiefs keep throwing touchdowns. So. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. You know, yeah, the Bills defense couldn't stop that Chiefs offense. It was an exact repeat of Week Six for the Bills Chiefs, and well, not exact. They didn't rush for two hundred yards. That is very true. <laughs> the run game was a lot minimal, but the pass game blew up everywhere, literally everywhere. Tyreek Hill oh. made a daggone pool out of your secondary. Yes, he did. That is a area that I hope the Bills aim for in the offseason or at least the draft. Um, Josh Allen's experience in the AFC Championship game, definitely because he, well, I see it as not a total excuse, but I think it was a factor because he's still so young. You know, technically he's a year behind Mahomes, you know, for being in the league. And I, I you know, I, I see just so much promise in this quarterback like not to like push the game aside but you know it was just like last year when they played the Texans you know you saw a scattered Josh Allen you know he you couldn't see what was going on down the field couldn't he struggled with decisions my bigger question to that is why he wasn't going to be able to see much is what were the plays being called because it seemed like the Bills changed their play calling to try to play down to the Chiefs here. Like, every other week they play, I mean, last week against the Ravens wasn't, you know, a superb offense. But, you know, to end the season, they're, you know, they're explosive. Everything's just working here and there. Touchdown, you know, big gains. You know, Stefan Diggs breaking records for the franchise. And all of a sudden, the, they play the Chiefs, which teams have, you know, move the ball on the chiefs and the bills are like, eh, I can't do it. It's too hard. <laughs> like what? So it was disappointing to see, but um, I think definitely, you know, let Josh Allen take this as, you know, kind of, you know, keep this feeling of, you know, wanting to do better in the back of your mind, you know, for the off season, you know, same thing happened for Patrick Mahomes in his first playoff season, you know, season, you know, losing in Tom Brady in the AFC championship game. So hey, you gotta lose one to, you know, get better. So I yeah. they exceeded my yeah. expectations for the year. So I think that's what our guest said last week, Matt. Mm-hmm. That's what he said last week was his expectation was to, you know, win a wild card game, maybe the divisional round it and then, then like yep. expectations are met. Everything else is just gravy. Right. So you know I think, yeah, I think expectations are met for the Bills. Brandon, Rapid Dave thought a lot of those things we said were cool about the, you know, females in sports now, women in sports. Uh, they're mm-hmm. absolutely shoving it in your face, though. How many times did you see a post about the female kicker? I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's a it's a big, it's a pretty big deal. Big, yeah. It's literally a woman playing football. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. But yeah, it was. I mean, they did post a lot. They they named her SEC Player of the Week. Excessive, maybe, maybe. I don't know. 
you, you can give her her recognition, but I'm sure there was another SEC player that was probably like, hey, I scored like four touchdowns. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, Yeah, Allen's. I, I, that's what I thought. I thought Allen, especially as soon as the Chiefs started scoring points mm-hmm. and Allen realized, oh, crap, like the Chiefs are alive. Mm-hmm. A lot of his passes started going high. Yep. And usually what high passes mean is you're trying to you're trying to keep the ball away. You're scared of defenders. You're mm-hmm. keeping the ball away from defenders, but usually when you're overcompensating like that, you're just going to end up out-throwing your own receiver, and that's what happened with a lot of throws, like those quick passes to the outside. Yep. Even just simple ones where the guy doesn't even have a defender near him, like the nearest defender is eight yards away. The, yeah. the receiver has to go up and get the ball instead of hitting them in the chest, and then it, you know it kills time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I have a tweet. I have a message here from Peter, but real quick. Um, did Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey prove they are the best wide receiver tight end combo in the y- in the NFL for their performances in the last two weeks in the postseason? I thought they were already better before then, but. Yeah, I mean, if anything, just solidifies it without a doubt. Um, you know, they those two just benefit immensely from Patrick Mahomes just you know being the player he, player he is. So you know if if we're gonna look at like a three headed monster, absolutely those three. Um, but for you know just wide receiver tight end duo, uh, you definitely definitely those two are definitely probably best in the league. Um, not only from their playoff performances, but, you know, the entire year, even the past years, you know, that's going to be how do the Chiefs keep a player like Tyree Kill on the feet, on, you know, on the team long term now that they, you know, they signed Kelsey, they signed Mahomes. And, you know, I think this is the, this is the concern I have for the Chiefs, but not really the concern in general, you know, I have a um, like, you know, maintaining this team, but, you know, just to, you know, for sure, Hill and Kelsey, definitely, I would say best wide receiver tight end duo. Yeah. These, th- this team has like $10 in cap space. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they've been keeping it together as long as they have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who they can keep going down the road, but just based off of what we've seen from player development, like what they do with Sammy yeah. Watkins. Like I'm, pre- I'm about ninety percent sure if McCole Hardman was on any other team in the NFL, he would be a nobody. I'm like ninety percent right. sure about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it. It. There's going to be a time this offseason, if not this year, next year, that the you know the Chiefs are just gonna they're gonna have a few players that they paid a lot of money for because of the talent, and then it's going to be draft picks and cheap veterans. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they draft well. I think if they don't draft well, I think things start getting uglier. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, see, we'll see what happens. What do you think about Dig staying on the field to watch the KC celebration? I mean, it made for a cool picture. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, if it if that's going to help him, you know, stay motivated and you know just appreciate, I think he digs as you know. I think that's just motivation for him. You know, he had a great year. You know, he, from what I've seen on Twitter, he, like, he absolutely loved being a Bill this year. And I don't know. It's, you know, it's similar to there was a college bowl game or something where the other team 
their one player came out and watched the other ceremony. So, and everyone was like, "Oh, that the player's gonna be jacked next year." And this like for stats, and he's got top of the draft class. You know, just motivation. I'm not saying you know Diggs is gonna be everything. You know, he's gonna be a great player next year. But I, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, he only well, led the league class. in catches and receptions, receptions and receiving <laughs> yards this year. So he's just gonna get better than literally being the West right wide receiver in the league. No big deal. I thought it was classy. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is now a Steeler. I'm, I, I, I made the claim that Dwayne Haskins will never play a more, will never play a meaningful snap ever again. Yep. But now that he's with the Steelers, I might have to retract that statement. Because if Big Ben does return, which I think he is, there's no way he gets through a full season healthy, which means Dwayne Haskins will play. That is very true. So I think my claim is gone, unless they want to go with Mason Rudolph again. or I think the reason they brought in Dwayne was because either Duck or Mason's a free agent, and they might not want to pay to keep him. I'm not sure what yeah. this is. I think I think one of them was at least a free agent. I don't so think Duck's on the game. team anymore. Oh, they're even even more of a reason why I th- he's gone. After last year, I don't think he was there. Oh, okay. They have another quarterback on the team. I can't remember his name offhand, but he's like a rocket, literally a rocket scientist. Yeah, I think I I know what you're talking about. But I, yeah. God only knows what he's like a fourth stringer. God only knows what his name is. Too lazy to yeah. Google it. We'll get the <laughs> I team on that. Um, and then last but not least here, Nick Sirianni is now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He used to be the offensive coordinator for the Colts, right? Mm-hmm. And then they also went and got the Colts defensive coordinator, the Colts like specialist person. The Eagles are now the Philadelphia Colts. Put it that way. <laughs> like half of their half of their coaching staff is used are former Colts now. So, oh, that's kind of that's kind of how I looked at it. I thought it was pretty funny. And Nick Sirianni went to my wife's high school. Yep. And your high school? Or no? You you live down there. I lived down there. I played his high school in high school football, and this is how good they were. We lost forty-four to two. Hey, two's pretty cool, though. We got a safety. That's cool. That's because he was probably like the offensive guy, right? So, did did you get to sack Nick Sirianni? No, no, that was uh, I never started in high school, but I always played relief or the punt team. That's fun though. Special teams, yeah. I never got to play at all. That's why I quit. (laughs) (laughs) I was good too. That's a whole other conversation. We can talk about our childhood traumas. The only coach left is the Houston Texans. Oh, you know who didn't get who got requested the second interview and didn't get and then didn't get another request for it? Eric Bieniemy. Good. I, I think they good that for Eric's sake. I heard he's got off the field issues. I have not heard that at all. So, I believe it was a little bit of a Reddit deep dive, but Oh, oh boy. Oh <laughs> boy! And not that I did it. I didn't not do the spread D-5. fake news on on off the field. We're <laughs> not trying to make it like on TMZ here. 
First reported by Durf on On and Out the Field, Eric Bieniemy has off the field issues. Next on ESPN. <laughs> I still think he's not the coach we think he is. I kind of agree with that, though. Yeah, I really think Andy Reid does a lot of the play calling. They hold the same sheets. Yeah. I think Eric has a lot to do with, like, not game day preparation. I think Eric is a smart guy. I think he has a lot to do with this offense. But when it comes to crunch time play calling, I don't know how much he's doing. Yeah. I have questions about that. I really do. And not not this isn't to slight Eric. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a reason why he doesn't have a coaching job this year. Yeah. So but the Bills could be losing could be losing Leslie Frazier, which yeah, I don't know. Fun. I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sad about. Yeah, the defense took a step back this year. It wouldn't yeah. be it probably wouldn't hurt that defense to get some fresh legs in there, you know. Yeah, my opinion. It's your team, but I, I agree. No, I think it, you know it's it's still a Sean McDermott defense, but Leslie Frazier, he's good, but too conservative. You can see if you can pry Chuck Pagano out of retirement. Retirement. It's too cold in Buffalo. Talk about talk about uh, being retired out the door with a foot up your butt. <laughs> You cannot uh, convince me Chuck Pagano retired voluntarily. You cannot convince me that convince me that he retired voluntarily. Nope. You will not literally gonna, not you will not sit there and tell me not that. Not even gonna try it. <laughs> no one could. <laughs> <laughs> with a defense with that much talent, they should be like number one in the league. There's so that that defense has a billion t- players on it that could be all pro. Mm-hmm. And they're just not <laughs> like everyone has forgotten Cleo Mack exists, whether that's Cleo Mack's fault or Chuck Pagano's fault. Who knows? But when he went Mitch- to Chicago, whew, I'm going to blame Mitch Trubisky on that one. God, that's so now we're going to start blaming the offense because the defense is always on the field. Is that the issue? Yes, I get the argument. That's fair. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the argument. I think it's a stretch. <laughs> It's a team sport. Yeah, it is. When your <laughs> defense is on the field for 40 minutes of the game, it probably doesn't help. No. <laughs> yeah. Allen Robinson, though, he's good at football. Yeah. Eric asked, do the Chiefs score more than 30 to 40 points in the Super Bowl? Super Bowls are just naturally lower scoring. There's a couple exceptions here yeah. and there, but generally Super Bowls never become high-scoring thrillers that we think they're going to be. Like the large exception was the Eagles Patriots game that ended like 41 37, whatever the heck that score was. That was crazy. Like, no one expected that Super Bowl to even happen like that because Nick Foles was just a monster. Right. Outside of that, we don't see a lot of high scoring Super Bowls. We'll see some in the 20s, but not usually the 30s a ton. Like, if the Chiefs do score 30, it'll be like 31 to 28. It'll be on the low end. See, I think the high end on the thirties. I think the Chiefs are just going to go in and roll. The really Chiefs had. So? I think the Chiefs had too many answers that the Packers didn't. 
in the, against the Buccaneers defense. But I don't know. I'm going just... to pull up some. All right. Yeah, I can tell you, like, the Cowboys put up 50 against the Bills in a Super Bowl. So, like, that was a high-scoring game for one team. Um, <laughs> trying to find the scores. You know, I know, like, Patriots Rams a couple years ago was what nine ten to three, nine to three something. I don't know. That was really low scoring. <sighs> yeah, their, their first matchup was twenty seven to twenty four. Uh, that was just this past season. Yep. I just don't think and that was a Tyree Kill day too. Right. Uh, I just don't. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon says hammer the under. I. Would happen to agree. Dennis Dixon has been gone, I think. Dennis Dixon was a quarterback for the Steelers. Is that the guy that we were talking about with like the high, like the genius guy? I don't think so. I don't know no, that name. I don't know. I don't know that name to be honest. I've seen that name before, and it's a old Steelers quarterback or backup quarterback. But he's gone, says Dos Primos. So, yes. <laughs> Hammer the under. I do. I agree because they set it at like 57 and a half. I think it was the opening line. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I don't like overs in the Super Bowl. You just never see it. Mm-hmm. I say you never see it. It's not common. Right. But you you disagree with me. You think Pat, Patty Mahomes is just ready to roll. Down in Tampa, he's going to embarrass Tom Brady, drive him into retirement. I mean, I can yeah. hope, but I I do think there is some Chiefs embarrassment on the Buccaneers getting their home home Super Bowl, but uh, I for sure hope that. I mean, we can definitely break this down more once Peter gets in here, because I think that's I don't know what we're going to talk about with Peter. I mean, he, he's a Bills Mafia guy, so we could definitely talk about how the Bills game went, mm-hmm. kind of think about where they're going to go from here, how they can improve in the offseason. Yeah. And then we can talk about Super Bowl. So before he gets yeah. in here, let's let's not bog down him with Tampa and Packers stuff. For the next 10 minutes before he shows up, we can go into our championship Sunday recap. Yep. And we can quickly tackle uh, if if – if Josh, if you're in here still, Josh Bailey, if you're still in here, you can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave now if you're still in here. I don't want. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But Matt Lafleur is the biggest coward. But yeah, because I think based off of the timing, I'm going to go ahead and call Matt Lafleur the bigger coward out of the two coaches. From Super uh, Championship Championship Sunday, is that, that fair? Lost, that lost, yeah. Yeah, that lost, yeah. I would agree. Yes. With I just thought this was the I think every every single person in the moment, every fan, every radio personality, because Dan Patrick said this like repeated everything I said last night or on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That kicking a field goal with just barely over two minutes left in the game, down eight points to Tampa Bay and Tom freaking Brady one of the best closers in NFL history you kick a field goal 
and not even attempt the onside kick either. You just kick the field goal, and you're like, our defense will stop Tom Brady. Easy. With under two minutes left. Well, he'll, yeah, we got this. Apparently, they didn't get it. They, 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 didn't, they didn't stop him. They lost the game. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple, I have a couple issues. Mm-hmm. First off is obviously the, the field goal. Yeah. But my first issue comes before the field goal attempt. They're at the eight yard line. It's first down. First down play is a shot at the end zone. All right. That's fair. Maybe you can get in real quick and there you go. You're good to go. Second down, another shot at the end zone. All right. Um, okay. That's it's all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Third down. Let's just get, let's just try and put this on like the three, two, even one yard line and we can run it in. Maybe we can get some trick play going. We can get it in that fourth down, third down, another pass at the end zone. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. You're at the eight yard line. And you're just taking shots at the end zone. Mm-hmm. Why are you not? Tampa Bay's red zone defense is not good. Mm-hmm. It has not been good all season. Why are you not just trying to gain at least five yards? Quick out to Devonte Adams. Get yourself inside the three. Mm-hmm. And then worst case scenario, or the worst play call you can make at that point is just send Aaron Jones up the middle. Or you can try some weird crossing patterns. Wasn't it just the week before on the one-yard line? Devontae Adams beat Jalen Ramsey across doing a cross. Or he was mm-hmm. in more in the backfield. But you can run that play from the one-yard line. Yeah. The play calling was extremely suspect on the Packers side. Mm-hmm. And then you go ahead and kick the field goal, and everything was just terrible from then on out. And the defense, the, the, the holding penalty, the pass interference penalty, whether you like it or not, it was a pass interference penalty. You can like it, you cannot like it. It was pass interference. I don't care what you mm-hmm. can't convince me that it wasn't. <laughs> Whether they should have called it or not, based off of how the rest of the game went, that's right. something else. That yeah. was pass interference, though, in the moment. <sighs> and then the Buccaneers as well. Tom Brady throws those three interceptions. Still did enough to help his team win, though. Yeah. Tampa won 31 26. Let me hear some of your thoughts on this game, and then we can bring in Peter. Um, a little surprised that the Bucks still won with the three interceptions from Brady, but that defense with Shaq Barrett and JPP just with five sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just didn't have time. There was no, there was no smoothness. There was no flow to the game. It seemed like for the Packers. The run game was kind of there, but not really, you know, to go back to, you know, on the eight yard line, I would have went, if I would have went past in the first, I would have went run, run second and third down to get something and then go for it. You know, it's a four down, you know, situation. So and then on the fourth down, I'm going to, depending on where I'm at, I'm either going to, you know, run up, stuff it up the middle or, do you know crossing quick out something to kind of spread the defense out you know there but yeah three passes just was not gonna work against this Buccaneers defense so it's a tough one for the Packers but not surprised 
I mean, you take those five sacks, you just stack it on the five sacks that the Bucks put on Aaron Rodgers in their regular season matchup as well. Yeah. It's the same exact it's the same exact scenario repeated itself in the NFC Championship game, which is mm-hmm. why I'm upset at myself. Because the entire time, all week, all of last week, I said I just need to take the Bucks in this game. Because Tom Brady will do what he just did. That defense will do the same thing to Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady will win it again. He will beat the Packers. They just did it in the regular season. There's no reason to believe that he won't do it again. But I, I convinced myself Aaron Rodgers will find a way to correct whatever happened in the regular season game and do it. In. Yeah. Why I told myself that lie, I don't know. So <laughs> we both, well, we had the same prediction, right? Yeah, we went on two. Yeah, our Super Bowl prediction was Bills Packers, and we are sitting here. Good thing we didn't have a, like a pie bet on this or something. <laughs> uh, my parents coming in with the kick a field goal question mark. Rogers could have run it. I don't know if Rogers would have made it to the end zone on that third down run. Like, let's let's take into account Aaron Rodgers is not a young man anymore. Yeah, like I keep seeing that picture of like just run right here. Aaron Rodgers is a wide like I that he had a giant lane to run to the end zone. I don't think he makes it. You got right. You got Winfield Jr. as you know, kind of just hovering in that end zone as well. I'm pretty sure a rookie that has that can potentially win defense defensive rookie of the year. You know, I think he would have been able to close that gap on like a 37, 38 year old Aaron Rodgers. Oh, for sure. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it All definitely right. I think puts the Packers' future, I think, at a slight risk, but not a ton. I, I don't know how to. I think there's something that Aaron Rodgers, he, Aaron Rodgers needs to reflect on himself this year because he played the vengeance card this year. Got him pretty far, but didn't get him to the big one. Which seems to be the Aaron Rodgers kind of motto here past two years. Mm-hmm. But do you put that on Aaron or do you put that on the front office not giving him more weapons to have the draft and free agency? This is all off-season talk that we can have yeah. come, you know, at least at bare minimum the week after the Super Bowl, we can start <laughs> talking about those things. I mean, you can talk about it right now if we had a three-hour show, but we don't. No. We kind of, we spent a lot of time having the Hall of Fame debate. Last <laughs> comment on this, could have gotten closer at fourth and one. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. You could have gotten closer on first, second, and third down, but they decided to take three shots at the end zone, so it's just bad yeah. play calling. So here we go. The moment that you've all been waiting for. I got a lot of buttons to click. Woohoo! We have our special guest. All right, here we don't. You can't get mad at me. I'm going to do my best. Our special guest, Peter Montemurno. How are you? Good. How are you? Did I get your name right? You did. You nailed it. You oh. nailed it. All right, and, I'm, signing, I'm signing off. That's because it's going to go. I mean, right? You leave on a high note like George Costanza, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Dylan and Durf, the looks, the brains. I don't know if there's any titles left for me, but I'll just be the guest today, I guess, right? Um, We can come up with one real quick. <laughs> looks, brains, and wild card. Oh, I just got, old, I just old, 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 old and wise, maybe. The old, old, the, the elder. wise man, the, the elder. elder. Yes, I yes. absolutely love that. That's that, <laughs> Perfect. I'll make your banner up uh, for the next time you're on. I'll make sure it's ready to go. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being in. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on in the 11th hour there. Yeah. (laughs) Really appreciate that. Um, So 
real quick, just tell us a little about yourself. You know, kind of your your background. Anything? I, I read off your Twitter bio to everyone uh, earlier in the show, but you tell us a little about yourself and background. Yeah. So basically, I I'm from Buffalo. I grew up in Buffalo, uh, and then I spent a lot of my years in Rochester. I went to St. John Fisher College. Uh, played football there for Coach Vosberg. Uh, coached by a slew of guys that were in the NFL and in, in uh, major division one college football. So learned a lot there. Uh, and I also uh, worked as the color analyst for uh, St. John Fisher on, on ESPN 950 locally there. And I uh, did that for, for several, several years. And then I got into doing it on television for uh, state championship games and the playoffs and uh, did some color analysts for uh, Buffalo Bills on a local radio show for a few years. And uh, then I moved to North Carolina five years ago. I met my wife here, uh, got married recently, having a baby in May. So a lot of things are a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are going on. But uh, I appreciate you. Uh, the Bills are close to my heart. Football's close to my heart. And I appreciate you guys reaching out to me tonight so we can talk a little bit of football. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like the 6,700 fans that were at the uh, Ravens game. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Congrats on the kid. That's great. Yeah, Thank congrats. you. Very Thank exciting. You. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, that That's a lot. That's quite the history. That's fun. Color analyst stuff. That, that's Yeah, cool. it is. It that's is. Nice. It really is. It was fun doing it no matter what level it is. You still have to do – it's still a 60-minute football game and – you do the same amount of preparation and I've always wanted to do is like a hobby of mine and COVID kind of got in between that, especially down here in Carolina, they didn't really have a, a fall season as, as you're probably familiar with same in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, so not a lot of those jobs were open, but uh, come the spring, you never know, but it's fun to, you meet a variety of different people that are, have done a, a vast amount of games at different levels and the breadth of experience of people that you run into. It's, it's wonderful. It's a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. On career. So we just got done covering the Tampa Bay and the Packers. I, I don't know if you had any opinions on anything you saw out of that game, but we were about to just jump into the, the Bills and Chiefs. I can give you a chance if you had any strong opinions on the Packers in the box. I don't, I don't want to leave you high and dry there. Yeah, uh, that's okay. I, I, I don't. I really think that, uh, you know, Tampa Bay's defense won that game. Uh, for for Tampa Bay, I mean Brady really did everything in his power to give it to Green Bay, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, that Tampa defense is fierce. And if if Anton Antoine Winfield Jr. is able to play, I think that defense can really cause Kansas City a lot of problems. Yeah, I I I, yeah. I would agree with that for sure. Um, they're 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 much more physical than I gave them credit for. Mm -hmm. uh, they were much more physical defense than Buffalo showed in that Kansas City game, yeah. which is a little bit disappointing, which we can get into. But I think that Tampa Bay has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, a lot of different players on that defensive side of the ball can make plays. And obviously, when you look at the offensive side of the ball with you know, the, the anointed one, Tom Brady, and then Mike Evans and Godwin and you know, obviously Fournette. I mean, they're just they're – just, Really, they're the best team in the NFC. And I forgot Gronk. You know, he, he didn't do a lot on Sunday, but he made a huge play at the end of the game, which solidified it for him. So, um, you know, hey, it, they're there for a reason. They earned it. They didn't get there by luck. They earned that. that and I really do believe that they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah. the I mean, we could talk about the Bucks for hours, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. That'll definitely be a lot of our discussion next week, I think, when we get ready for the Super Bowl. 
Sure. Man, that team is stacked as could be. And I love the I, I don't think the defense has as many huge names as you would, you know, as, as well as they've been performing. You'd think they'd have a couple more big name prime players, but they don't. It's just the chip. It's just the wanting to be the best. So you need the defense wants to be as good as the offense is. Right. And sometimes they just they just perform. Well, and they're 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 uh, you know they're bruised up a little bit. Like I said, Antoine Winfield, a, senior, a junior, is um, you know a chip off the old block, if you will. The guy, the kid's a player. I mean, he he could he could be game changing uh, and really franchise changing. He stunned me uh, with the amount of. Uh, so I watched Tampa a little bit this year, and uh, he obviously jumped off the page. He, his speed and his no fear nose for the ball. Uh, gets his face in there, makes tackles, you know, doesn't go for the kill shot. He actually wraps up and makes plays, which is nice to see as an old guy like me. Nice to see the old tackling instead of the kill shots. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a player that can make uh, a difference for sure. Franchise changer. Keep an eye on him, folks. Yep. Good. yep. Uh, so the Bills and the Chiefs, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a somber topic, obviously. We were hoping this day would come and we'd be celebrating and popping champagne, but – yeah. Instead, we have to discuss the fact that Josh Allen just he looked a little frazzled at times. The defense nowhere to be found once that second quarter came. I said it uh what did I say it last week? Missing Zach Moss, I think, hurt the run game more. Devin Singletary struggled and they even had to lean on TJ Yeldon for a lot of that game. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like nothing worked especially on the offensive side of the ball. And then the Chiefs offense took over. It was all over. So just a kind of, you know, a general point of emphasis for the Bills that they need to take away from this game if they want to try and beat them next year. What's the thing you have to take away from this? Yeah, I think the thing to take away from this, I mean, my my first description of this game is it was like death by a thousand cuts. I mean, we, we, it was an onslaught. It was like a tsunami that you, you just couldn't stop. And when we were up nine, nothing was like, uh Oh, you know, you feel that's the feeling you got. You're up nine, nothing. They, they, they have that, that muff punt. You're like, Oh boy. You know, you feel like you just, you pissed off Kansas city and that, that you feel like it was coming and it did. And it came quick and it was nothing that they could, they could really solve. And um, you never thought that the Bills were in the game. That's the feeling you got mm-hmm. as a fan watching it on television. Obviously, the players don't think that. The coaches don't think that until you know the clock hits quadruple zeros, right? But um, you just knew as a fan, you felt like it was almost a insurmountable lead uh, when they came back to take the lead. I think it was seventeen to nine. Um, it was twenty-one to nine. Uh, you felt like that was it almost just the way the game was playing out and the speed of the game. Like you said, I think it was you Dylan or, or, or Durf. I'm not sure which one, but the speed of the game um, put Josh Allen in a place where you felt like you didn't see uh, since the Houston game last year. Uh, that was my, like he seemed like he had happy feet. He wasn't, he wasn't settled at all the whole night. The speed, the speed was uh, really in his in his face, and the defensive line for Kansas City was dominating. I mean, they they didn't give him time to throw a lot. He did have time to throw throughout the game, but not a lot. It felt like he was always rolling out to his right. Um, the one thing I do want to say, and I tweeted it out this out during the game, is that Kansas City, especially in the beginning of the game, they were 
utilizing a lot of man coverage on defense. Mm -hmm. uh, they were pressing the receivers, you know, and they're taking digs out of the game. Well, when you're in man coverage and you got a quarterback like Josh Allen, um, there has to be a concerted effort to say, all right, if these defensive backs are going to run one-on-one -on -one with my receivers and they're turning their backs to the quarterback early, let Josh go now. Get some runs that are designed for him. So if I, I like calling it run them out of man coverage, even mm -hmm. if it's the quarterback, run them out of man coverage. And then what you hope there is Kansas City will then drop into zone coverage. Excuse the barking dog in the back. That's the world of COVID that we live in today, right? Yeah. Uh, but you, you think that if they drop him into zone coverage, now it opens up more opportunities and Josh Allen could throw the ball and, and hit those zone those zones that could be open, but the man coverage really hurt the bills and the inability of Josh to sit in the pocket as much as he probably wanted to because mm -hmm. the pressure was on him so quickly. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's what I was definitely. saying later in the game. Once mm -hmm. he started running because the defense was laxing in the fourth quarter, he started running as a, where has this been the entire right. game? As soon right. as it started happening, he started running. He got over 80 yards. I was like, well, you probably should have had over 80 yards around the second quarter if they would have yeah. had the game yeah. plan going. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's 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 a tough thing and we're all geniuses in hindsight, especially after watching a football game. Yeah. Uh, and the coaches feel the same way and the players feel the same way and when they watch that film and I have yet to watch the film. I'm a film junkie. I just love watching it. I stopped playing, you know, 20 years ago and I still love watching film. It's just it's a party when when it was when it was once a party, it always is a party. I haven't mm -hmm. watched the game yet. I'd love to watch it because in football, the game is, oh, it's never as good as it seems. And it's also never as bad as it seems. It mm -hmm. could be one block. It could be one tackle away from being a closer game than it was. And that that's going to be interesting for me to take a look at. But um, yeah, all geniuses in hindsight until you really break down the film. All right, Durf, it's your team. I mean, do you have a, do you have a specific takeaway? I, I, you wrote your blurb over here. I see it. I see some things. There's, there's, so it's gotta be yeah, I, I think Peter pretty much, I think covered everything. You know, I agree with everything there for, you know, the bills offense. They, you know, to go, I, it seemed like Dable just didn't have a plan and he didn't adjust correctly. And, you know, you can go with the same thing for Leslie Frazier and the defense. They just, there wasn't enough of an adjustment I, it was the same thing I saw from week six. It seemed like, um, you know, maybe it shows something different, you know, in the, in the film later on. But for me, the one thing that I wish would have been called, should have been called, and should have some facing penalties is the Chris Jones literally punching John Feliciano yeah. in the beginning, in the early end of the game. Like, yeah. the refs have, like, done nothing but let people play until it becomes crunch time which we saw in the tampa bay but you know green bay game they had been you know they just letting, letting them play you, you i feel like this was probably the least amount of pass interference calls we've had in the playoffs in years and to see that they even replayed it on cbs like romo pointed it out and nothing happens like it was clear as day it was clear yeah. as day yeah how are we let? Why is it acceptable for super, the, the Super Bowl champions when it's them when it's that chance to go to the Super Bowl when they're playing this dirty? Like and I, just, I don't like it. Yeah, no, and you can also look back to the uh, the Browns game in KC mm -hmm. 
when that uh, that last play there where they, the, the Browns fumbled it into the end zone and yeah. turned out to be a touchback for Kansas City, that was clear as day helmet to helmet. Yep. And they actually called that in the Tampa Green Bay game mm-hmm. in a similar play helmet to helmet. There's no difference. The refs just right. missed it. Absolutely, yep. unequivocally missed it. Could have changed the Browns' result. Uh, yeah. If that's a touchdown, Cleveland going in, could have completely changed the whole realm of that game. So you're right. I agree with you. I mean, we were lucky that play after that haymaker was thrown. Uh, that's when Diggs was, uh, was a, he had a suplex given against him, yeah. uh, thrown to the ground. And we got 15. I said to myself, okay, maybe that's that's payback for that right. missing that call. But um, but you're right. Again, it seemed like the the uh, hanky stayed in their, their pockets a little mm-hmm. too much. Uh, even in that that Tampa game in Green Bay, the Yankees didn't didn't throw uh, didn't yeah. fly as much as you've seen all year long. There have been complaints all year long about flags being thrown too much, right. and in the AFC title game and the NFC title game, we didn't see the flags fly. Right, and there was definitely clear indications that there should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be a a middle ground here mm-hmm. because. You know, I, I understand people's frustration when there's too many flags, and it's always nice when there's not a lot of flags, like we saw in these championship games. But then, when the play, when the penalty needs to be thrown, and you have to throw it like they did for against Green Bay when he was grabbing his shirt there, that flag had to be thrown. But yeah. since you let that go for most of the game, this is where people start complaining. You let That's them right. play for four court, three and a half quarters, but when it matters, and you throw that flag. This is where the issues arise. So you're kind of stuck in a catch-22 here. You don't want to throw them all game, but you have to call them at the end. It's and no one's yeah. going to be happy. And and the days of the and the technology is growing even greater. If Fox has that new camera, that 8K, and mm-hmm. the, you know the detail is granular and it's unbelievable. And you know it's even tougher for a ref now the days uh, with with the technology the way it is but when there's things that are clear as day mm-hmm. like a punch being thrown and dropping a defensive lineman to his knees when referees all have a responsibility on that field to look at certain positions don't look at the ball look at certain positions on the field right. one of the refs has the position of watching the interior line i i don't know how that's missed but yeah yeah here we are. Here we are. Is it a game-changing penalty? Maybe not, but it's still Probably something not. that could have it could have changed some momentum. It could have done a lot of things. So you never know. And, and as a coach, their coach is gonna say, you know, we never rely on the refs' calls to win the game. Buffalo had the opportunity to win the game. Uh, yeah. They didn't. You know, they they did. Dable have a plan. Yeah, they have a plan going in. But I think championship team. I've always said, uh, you know, when I used to work with. With Gene Battaglia, who's a local radio personality in Rochester, there or worked with him, and I always used to tell him at halftime, championship teams are made at halftime, because that's where the adjustments are made. Sure, they make in-game adjustments, but that's the only time of the game where coaches can huddle together with the players and figure out, okay, these are the changes we need to make in order to be successful, or we have to build upon what we're already doing, and this is what we made. We don't need to change much, but just make some tweaks here and there. So uh, it didn't appear that, yeah, the Bills made some changes on defense. They switched more from a zone to a man because the Chiefs were eating up that zone. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm screaming in my house, maybe not literally, but internally uh, screaming. I, I don't know why they're letting Kelsey off the line without jamming him just once, twice, something. You know, give him a forearm shiver to just, you know, a, one second is so important to a route. 
uh, and a quarterback's timing. If you just take a, a receiver out of their position for a second, that mm-hmm. means so much to the flow of an offensive play. The fact that they weren't doing that shocked me. Um, there wasn't any physical play in that area. Sure, zone coverage is meant for passes to be completed, but then you have to be there to tackle them right away. But you can't let someone get 10 yards into a zone and give up a first down every play. And they were doing that chunks. And it was it was so frustrating. And I'd love to know what the communication was between the defensive coaches and the players out there. Uh, we're never going to know that. Right. But, uh, for it to happen as long as it did was was like I said, death by a thousand cuts. It was it was it was frustrating. And I guess that kind of translates into my next question a little bit. Um, because uh, just one funny, there was one Travis Kelsey catch that absolutely just, this is when I knew something was very wrong was when Matt Milano blitzes and then number 92, whoever the defensive end there is, he drops into coverage because you're going to blitz somebody else, drop another guy out, kind of mess with the quarterback. That's fine. But then you end up having him drop into his zone, and he's trying to figure out where Travis Kelsey's going to be. I don't think 92 is going to be keeping up with Travis Kelsey. That's just me. I yeah. am not a defensive genius. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, the, the you know the real the the uh, advantage of dropping a defensive end into the zone is you're right. The defensive end is never going to be able to cover anybody one on one, right? But their job is to get into the sight line in between in the sight line of the quarterback to get in between the quarterback and whatever that wherever the uh, the receiver is sitting down in the zone. And somehow you can get lucky and get in between so the sight line is impeded uh, by that dropping defender, and then the quarterback has to look off that progression. That's what you hope. Uh, but in this case, you know, Kelsey's too smart, sees where that defender is, and goes to the area where the defender is not, so he has that direct sight line with his quarterback. Um, but yeah, in those situations in that play, specifically with Milano, I mean, you know, Milano's got to know to break down better. And I know you, you, you can't, when you're blitzing a quarterback, you're not thinking, my gosh, this is Pat Mahomes. What's he going to do? No, you just have to go back to fundamental football and break down. Meaning, you know, you kind of, you kind of, uh, you don't, you have to keep everything in front of you. Look at the guy's belt buckle. That's what you're taught in peewee football. And with the person that, you know, shimmies and shakes and don't look at his shoulders or his helmet, look at his belt buckle. And that's going to be breaking down in front of him. And Mahomes just did a great job. He's an athlete too. And he was able to evade uh, Milano's tackle and made an unbelievable play. And after that play, I think that was a third down play. You figure yeah. like, geez, this isn't, this isn't the Bills night. Yeah. Just another cut. Just tack on that's that's cut it's number one thousand. I'm telling you. Yep, that's what it felt like. So all yeah. that translates into my my this question that leads into the off season about yeah. what do we do from here? Because Matt Milano is a free agent. He had his mo. Like, I think Matt Milano is the the heart and soul of his defense to a certain point. Once he was out, they lost all three games without Matt yeah. Milano on the field. Especially yeah. two of them against the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Rushed for over two hundred yards in those games. He seems like a very integral piece of this defense. So you might have to bring him back. But a big problem is the pass rush. And that's, I think, where the major issue comes in with the Chiefs. You have to be able to get to Patrick Mahomes with four. And that's where you know you have to go out and get some free agents, draft some, because you got Epinesa. He might turn out to be a great pass rusher down the road. Maybe you have to bring in a veteran. I think that's my biggest need from my – I'm not a Bills fan. 
I just study the game. I'm sure Durf's <laughs> Durf perspective could be much better, but I think this is a major problem when it comes to playing the Chiefs is the pass rush and getting there with four, and they don't have a premier pass rusher under the age of 30. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so what would you say is the biggest offseason fix here? If they get back to the same situation in 2021, how are they going to get over this hump of the Chiefs? Yeah, you know, I, I that's a good question. And I think everybody over at One Bill's Drive, they're in leadership making decisions and uh, look at talent and acquiring talent knows for a fact that they not only need a game-changing defensive end or a pass rusher, not the interior. We need someone on the edge. So Epinesa, yeah, I think he's going to become, he's going to put some more weight on. I think he's going to do a real good job on the edge. Uh, but I think you need a dominant pass rusher every down, um, especially in today's day and age of, you know, these quarterbacks throwing the ball all over the field. If you have a defensive end that's smart, uh, that can understand how to pass rush, uh, they definitely need someone on the defensive line that is game changing. They need someone at the running back position that is game changing. I love Devin Singletary. I think he's a great talent. But I think we learned that uh, we need another skill guy to match the other skill guys on the other side of the field. Uh, we have a great receiving core. The Bills really do. They do a good job, and they did a great job of uh, galvanizing this this wide receiver core uh, and turn them into the playmakers that they are. I mean, good Lord, you have, um, uh, what's his name, playing on a broken leg, for crying out loud. I mean, that that's the heart and soul of this Bills team. Uh, I'm not saying you need guys like that, but but – uh, I think they can they can utilize some more talent in the draft and getting a running back. Uh, heck, I'd love to see Travis Etienne from uh, Clemson fall mm-hmm. to the Bills. I mean, he would be a perfect – he could catch the ball out of the backfield. He's shifty. Uh, so I, I like to see running back and, and uh, um, running back and defensive end is the top two positions, and I have to go a third position, I would say you know, tight end. I like Dawson Knox. I think he's a good player. Uh, but I think you can see the Travis Kelseys of the world, uh, the different tight ends in this league that can make plays at a high level. And I don't see Dawson Knox in that category. I think the Bills can go get a guy like that. Uh, there's a guy in San Diego who escapes me. He's a free agent, tight end. I was mm-hmm. just talking about him a few hours ago. His name has literally escaped me, but he's tremendous. He would be a guy, an upgrade at the tight end position. And I think uh, Josh Allen and Brian Dable would 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 uh, arguably uh, have a major upgrade at that position if they can get a guy like him. But D end, running back, and then you know, tight end is is what I see uh, as the advantages and, and what they need to harp on in the off season. Yeah, probably Hunter Henry, I think it might yes. be the free agent. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he yep. would be a good addition. He has some injury yes. history, but. My gosh, when he's healthy, he's a difference maker. He is a difference maker. Yeah. And, and, you know, do do they need to acquire talent that mirrors Kansas City? No, they they don't need to do that because that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. But you just need to acquire talent that has the ability to um, defend against that kind of offense, need a little more physicality against that type of offense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bills have a very, very fast defense, which is – tremendous but you still need some guys that are going to be physical before the play evolves and knock players off their routes before they get off the line of scrimmage those types of things that could be done in a game plan which wasn't brought forth in this game but they they definitely need a couple of different pieces to take that next leap 
And I'll tell you what, this reminded me of um, 1988. Uh, I was 14 years old. Uh, tip, tipped off my age right there. That's why I called me the wise man at the, at the onset. But uh, I was 14 years old, and we were going into play Cincinnati for the AFC Championship game. I just keep saying we. I don't play for the Bills. But uh, the Bills were going to uh, play Kansas. Uh, Bills Cincinnati. Mafia is part of the team. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. I don't have a table to jump through here, but uh, in any event, so we were going in to play Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. Same type of feeling. And I, I was thinking about Cincinnati all day on Sunday. It was the same type of feeling. The Bills came out of nowhere to go 12-4. and four. Uh, They won the division. They beat Houston handedly in the divisional playoff game and wound up in the AFC Championships. Like, oh, my God, we're a step away from the Super Bowl. You know, that was a long time ago. And uh, – you just had a feeling since he was so good. You know, they had the no huddle before Buffalo did. They had that Icky Woods, the running back, Boomer Esaias, and they ran that again. They ran a no huddle very well. And you felt like Buffalo had a shot, but they didn't have a shot. And that's what it felt like Sunday. You think Buffalo had a shot, but they didn't have a shot. So I think the Bills back then, the Marv Levy's, the Bill Polians of the world, understood what they needed to become the four-time AFC championship team that they became by going through that loss in the AFC championship game against Cincinnati. I see the same type of parallel with this team. There's definitely pieces that need to be filled. Uh, There's definitely um, uh, a gap. And I know they, they know they have to fill that gap. So I I think the future is extremely bright, not because you know, the Bills were in the AFC Championship back in 88. No, I just, I see the same type of story uh, book being written here. Durf, yeah. do you agree? And you get you your own little holes that you need filled for the Bills. Any any personal preference? Um, you know, I, I agree with running back for sure. Um, yeah, I know you wanted Chris Carson from my Hawks. You can uh, <laughs> take a step back. I'm just telling you what I read online. It's yeah, just speculation. Um, running back for sure. You know, I love Singletary when he's a rookie. Zach Moss, you know, he brings not only what Singletary brings, but more physicality. And, you know, losing him, you know, I think definitely had a hinder. But we need more burst speed. And, you know, that was something that I thought we had in Singletary coming out of college, you know, with the amount of yards he racked up. Um forgetting where you came from but uh but that's also another thing he you know he had all these yards in college and so he maybe he's a he's not as long of a tenure running back in the nfl you know he burned out he used himself too quick um but i definitely i like etn from clemson i I would love for him to follow the Bills at 30. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it'd be a you know, miracle. At the other teams ahead of him. Uh, but, you know, it would be something like that would be great. Uh, I definitely agree with defensive end. You know, the not the interior because, you know, we didn't have Star Lupu Lele. You right. know, offseason he opted out. I definitely think that affected this defense that went from top caliber last year to, you know, middle of the pack a lot of times and, you know, it couldn't stop the run. Well, yeah, because we're missing a defensive lineman who, you know, no shame at all to them at all for opting out, you know, sure. Any reason, but um, he was an integral part there and you didn't even realize it. And you're like, Oh, we got more talent there, but it's not the same. 
And so definitely defensive end, you know, Jerry Hughes, he's not going to last forever. You know, Trent Murphy has been healthy scratches half the year, it seems like. And, you know, FNS is a rookie and, you know, he, I think he definitely is a full off season, you know, in person or working with the defensive coordinator or working with the linebackers coach, the defensive lineman coach, because, it, to me, watching him, on, you know, in the games, it seemed like he wasn't up to speed yet. You know, it seemed like he was still trying to figure out what was going on in the game. So he seemed a little slower than you know any other defensive end that on the, on the field for the Bills. So they definitely need some more support players there. They they have some, but they definitely could use more. And I think going through the draft, it really gets you, you know, allows you to really try to get that you know that premier talent, you know for the long term, you know, you can get veterans, but you know, a lot of times it's short term deals. You don't want to spend too much money. I know Brandon Bean has done a really good job with that, with this organization, but you know, it's, it's going to be the draft that gets the defensive end. I think we need, um, I thought it was interesting. You went with tight end. I, I don't disagree there. And I don't think I wouldn't, I would want to add to Dawson Knox. Um, for me, I would get rid of Lee Smith in a heartbeat. He's he's not a tight end. He he's basically a lineman. Yeah, he's basically a lineman, and you need a combination of the two. It seems like you need you know you need a a big a bigger tight end than Dawson Knox, but still have the catching ability. So I I like that. It's definitely interesting for me. I still look at the defense um, as the third spot, and I was talking with someone about this earlier, and I feel like they need another safety or corner and someone similar to like an Isaiah Simmons. We saw last year, someone who can, you know, cover the field quick, you know, has that linebacker size, but is quick. Cause I feel like that really hurt us a little bit there too. You know, playing in that zone, you know, you're, you go to an area and you're looking for something. And it seems like we had a lot of players that just couldn't get there fast enough. So that's, yeah. I think that's, you know, I think definitely another area, you know, it's, it could very be likely because it's a Sean McDermott team and he's de- defensive first. It seems like, but you know, yeah, uh, I definitely, yeah. And this is why they rely on all of these scouts that are, when the bills are playing, they're out watching film, mm-hmm. uh, they're traveling the country, looking at different talent in all divisions, division one, division two and division three, you know, that's their job to find, you know, you can't just go out and find an Antoine Winfield junior. Right. You just can't. Um, but some of them aren't brand names like coming from Miami and coming from there's smaller division one, there's division two, there's division three, uh, there's FBS uh, division one. So, it, you know, it, it, there's a lot of players out there and that's why they have to rely on uh, the in scouting department to find those people that would fit into the system. And you're right. If there could be uh, a safety uh, or even a nickelback that has the size and the speed to get to certain areas on the football field um, that can attack uh, the speed of a Kansas City Chiefs receiving core, a running back out of the backfield, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's hard to defend a quarterback that's looking one way and throwing another. I mean, that's that's <laughs> just the magician that Patrick Mahomes is. And not to say he relies on that, but when he needs it, it's there. And uh, you need a disciplined defense for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so this is our question of the night. It's, I, we've asked this with we had we've had Gene Battaglia on the show. Hey, Gene, we've had, we've had Mike Danger on the show. Um, we had Peter uh, uh, Matt Pirano last week on the show. We've asked them all the same question. Go. K 
cake or pie? Um, boy, that's a good question. And that's really probably a very dangerous question for me right now because I'm doing a January sugarless Oh, month. this is dangerous. This is so a bad question. Is oh, like, boy. Wow. This bad is timing. just causing me the, oh. the meat sweats here. Um, I'm going to have to go cake uh, without oh. question. I, I, yeah. I have a feeling Gene Vitaglia said pie. Uh, yeah, we've been very pie go, heavy on this show. I'm going to go cake. Yeah. For me, the frosting and the, uh, uh, you know, just you know, chocolate cake to me, cheesecake, you name it. I mean, I'm, I've become a red velvet fan. Uh, boy, guys, you're, you're really tempting me to run uh, to the fridge and my <laughs> wife would crush me. But Yeah, we can get off uh, this topic real quick. <laughs> I think it was Mike Danger that brought it up, though, with cake. I think he we got into a crazy discussion about people don't like wings they just like sauce and the wing is just the is just the oh the to get the sauce and and he said the same thing about cake no one likes cake they just eat cake because it's the vessel that gets the icing and frosting to you so that that was his argument it was it was crazy it was different disagree disagree disagree, disagree. <laughs> disagree. Poor, poor danger poor danger he's not, he's not yeah, that poor danger. But uh, yeah, I, I I am gonna go uh, cake all the way. Pie is good, but cake is great. All right, I well, like pie. I love our first vote for cake. Yeah, we've been very pie heavy. Even the even uh, the fans in the comments are we've been very pie heavy. Really? Yeah. No, I'm gonna stick with cake. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, waver from that. There you all go. Right. Yeah. And then since you know I have to, it's very early. Not a lot's gonna change though. But right now, sitting here in your chair, we have to ask the question, Super Bowl, Chiefs going to Tampa. <laughs> it's a home game for the Bucks. Yeah. Who uh, do you have? What's your gut feeling? My gut feeling as I sit in my chair right now, before any injury reports come out, having watched both games, having watched both teams throughout the year, um, if Tampa plays their best game, and the Chiefs play their best game, I think the Chiefs win by eight. Nice. I yep. eight. And then eight. Andy Reid and the Chiefs will get to the eight-yard eight line and then kick a field goal with two minutes left, and then we all know how that story goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's that's, the, that's a different scenario. Sorry. It's, it's, still, it's still in the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I hope it's an entertaining Super Bowl. I hope it's not, you know, death by a thousand cuts for either fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope it's good for for everybody watching. I think, you know, people hate Tom Brady with a passion, and I respect him for getting to ten Super Bowls. It's pretty damn amazing what he has done here to take Tampa to the Super Bowl one year. It, what was their record last year? I mean, were they, did they even have a winning record last year? I don't think I don't they did. Know. I don't think they're above 500. No, I, I mean, it's that's incredible. I mean, uh, they brought Gronk over, but he really hasn't been a, yeah, you know, yeah. a game-changing force for them. Tom, terrific man. I, I, I don't like him. I, as, as a Bills fan, rooting against him since 2001. Um, I respect him though. I respect mm-hmm. the hell out of him. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to. It's his tenth Super Bowl appearance. He's got six rings. Yeah. What more do you want from a guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I t- truthfully, I, I'm I'm rooting for for Tampa to win. I, I I just don't see I just don't see it happening. You just want people. You don't want people publicly to know that you're rooting for Tampa. You don't want yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep that hush hush. Yeah, go go Chiefs, but yeah. go Chiefs. Well, you know, I think it's part of it is I don't want to see uh, 
I don't definitely don't want to see the Chiefs getting into the Super Bowl next year because I, I, you know, I'd like to say, and I think to the day I die, that no other team will get to four straight Super Bowls other mm-hmm. than that that early '90s Buffalo Bills team. So, you know, the Chiefs are uh, they're knocking on the door here with two straight Super Bowl. Uh, uh, visits and uh, you know it'll be their fourth AFC championship game if they go next year mm-hmm. uh, which is the Bills had four straight AFC championship games um, uh, five out of six years did they go but you know they are a talented team but I think uh, in today's day and age of free agency you know I think you can knock them take them down a notch next year with a lot of scouting and a lot of good play mm-hmm. and a lot of just the targets on their back no question yeah yeah for sure if the Raiders can beat them anyone can beat them Yep. Um, I, we we both have the Chiefs as well. We don't have you a final score, it. but it'll yeah, that's I think just a good game. That's what that's all anyone ever hopes for. That's all we want is a good game. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. One of those one of those uh, instant classics that you see on the NFL network a couple days after. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. We don't we don't need Seahawks. As much as I enjoyed that Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl, I know everyone else didn't. So <laughs> So just our last question to wrap everything up into a put a little pretty bow on top. Uh, we do our off the field right here at the end, and we want to give you the opportunity to let anyone know about any charity, a foundation, something that's just close to you, anything that you want to educate everyone on, whatever you want. Yeah, I you know, thinking about this, I, I, there's a lot of great charities out there that do great work. Um, and, you know, over time, things uh, you, you have ones that become closer to you than uh, w- the relationships you had in the past. But to me, having worked with Camp Good Days and Special Times for, oh goodness, since 92, when I got to know Coach Gary Mervis, I call him Coach because he's the one of the assistant coaches on the Fisher football squad. Uh, and he did such a good, jo- good job galvanizing the Fisher football team to learn more about Camp Good Days. I wound up working as an employee for Camp Good Days after – college and, and became ingratiated into their culture. And I, I, I just think Camp Good, Camp Good Days and Special Times does such a great job because it allows children to be children. Um, and it, it allows uh, that are affected by cancer and obviously other ailments. Um, and parents never have to pay uh, for the children to go to camp. And that, that's the big, that's the big reason why it's, it's such a good, uh, charity and, and Gary Mervis had a, had a dream uh, affected by the death of his own daughter and turned it into a, really a, a worldwide organization uh, that has touched families throughout the globe uh, right here in, in Rochester, New York. And uh, they've done a great job with it. And I'm always, always in debt to Camp Good Days and Special Times, especially to Coach Gary Mervis. Yeah. I think... Uh... That's the second I'm have to, can you send time. that to me that applause because I'm going to just play it in my house for myself if I ever need yeah, it. Yeah, I can absolutely. I, I can work on that. I don't know how to do yeah. it, but I'll find a way. It's, it's got to be easy. <laughs> we can't thank you enough good for job, coming guys. on. Um, oh, I enjoyed it. I love it. I love talking football. I love talking bills. And uh, anytime, I'm happy to do it. Uh, yeah, with being you know having fred here i mean obviously we're gonna be talking a lot of bills it just comes up naturally in conversation so, <laughs> yeah. absolutely we can't thank you enough for coming on and yeah hey, we can't wait pleasure, next time either. yeah i can't either enjoy the super bowl uh you guys have a great show keep it going thank Thanks. you very much you. you got it let's see if it's swap stuff around Ooh, there you go that was great very good that was nice man yeah i can't this is i just 
this whole 2021 theme we got going with having just great guests on, this is going amazing. And it's just, it just seems like it's getting better every week. Well, you know what next year is, right? What's next year? My one year anniversary on the show. Oh my God. Hold on. (laughs) I hit. That wasn't supposed to be a joke. <laughs> One year anniversary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wrong button. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Man. One year ago. Next week, I'll have, well, wow. I, that's when I officially joined full time. Wow. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Well, we're that's that's well over two hours, but we had too much fun to stop. So <laughs> thanks everyone for tuning in. Follow the links. Make sure you're out there flossing. Follow, like, observe, subscribe, and share everything on the field related. Um, and we will obviously next week should be. I think we're are we talked about it. I think we're going to be doing our Walter Payton Man of the Year Awards show. I do have a guest in mind that I'm going to reach out to. I don't oh, know if it's going to happen, but I have a very good guest in mind that might be able to join. Oh, nice! So we'll see. So stay tuned. Follow on social media so you know what's going on. And we will be back next week because. Mama didn't raise no wusses. <laughs>